boy's gone, hero. Even bad men love their mamas. Perhaps you can explain to me the next portion. Morning, Pinkerton. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price. And I'm here with my bestest of friends. <laughs> the Fozman. Like hey, hey, the glad to be here, guys. Looking pretty over there, Joshua. <laughs> and just to his right, we have Shasti. What's good, guys? Pleasure to be here. Yeah. As always. As always. So in case you didn't read the, uh, the title of the episode... The music may give you a cue as to what we're doing today. We're covering a fantastic western called 310 to Yuma. The remake. The remake. (laughs) The remake of the adaptation. Right. Now, as always, before we get into the movie, let's talk booze. Booze? Yeah. So, I have a little bit of uh, an interesting spin on an old drink for you. Um, Today... I don't really have a name for it. It's either going to be like the Pacific Railroad Margarita or, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have another name for it. Um, so we have the Ben Wade. The Ben Wade. <laughs> uh, an ounce and a quarter of tequila. Working with Salsa today. Um, an ounce and a quarter of Canton Ginger. Uh, just shy of a half ounce of lime juice. And half an ounce of uh, agave syrup. Shake that bad boy up. Chicken, 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 we sprinkled chicken, a little bit chicken. of coarse salt on top, so just to give it a little bit of bit, bit of flair. Yeah, yeah. So even out that. Short cheers, gentlemen. Salud. Hamburger. Boy's gone, yo. Even bad man, nothing, mamas. Mm. It's a good one, right? Mm. That is very good. good. One. <laughs> you're making me a tequila drink right now. I told you I wasn't allowed, but you're, you're making this me a no run of the And it's simple, dude. This is a simple Four one. Four ingredients. Yeah. Yeah, it's super A lot of people simple. try to spice this drink up so much with a bunch of additives yeah. and nonsense. And this is just, I mean, in a true margarita, Josh, isn't there only three ingredients? Are you three only, ingredients. You're only yeah. adding the canton here to kind of give it a little bit of a mellow ginger yeah. side. You know, yeah, the, I, you know the Mexican sniper? I forget his name. Sicaro. Yeah, that's, that should be the name of this drink. Sicario. The tequila. Sicario. Because he was like the Mexican dude. No, that just means sniper. Well, I threw, the, uh, oh, I, <laughs> I, I threw the the canton in there because there's a there's a point in this in this film where they kind of they go to a, a mining camp and they kind of talk about the the people building the railroad and canton is an Asian flavor and there's a dark part of our country's history where we may have utilized the hard work of minorities in this country. To use so, Asian folk to blast through mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. There's some great books about that, too. So, <laughs> like, a lot of people died. Yeah. America. Yeah. Hmm. So, I threw that in there just for a little bit of flair and a little bit of historical accuracy. <laughs> nice. I dig. I dig. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's clean. Like, it, when, oh, yeah. you use a, when you use, uh, like, agave syrup and actual lime juice as opposed to, um, like, uh, sour mix, mm-hmm. you get a much cleaner feel on the palate. The sour mix is sticky. Yeah, it yeah. sticks to the tongue a little and bit. And it separates, you know, it has mm-hmm. depth, not just like one distinct flavor. It's 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 choice ingredients. You know, like yeah. we talked about before, we're not, we're not using, you know, 1942 Don Julio. Yeah. We're using Saza, 15 bucks a bottle. Not Ops. even. Yeah. This, this, bottle, this bottle cost us $10, and we've been able to make three or four drinks out of it. For multiple people, um, the most expensive thing we have is the Canton, and because you use that so sparingly most of the time, like you'll never 
put this much Canton in another drink. Yeah, but um, bottles lasted candy. a while. I yeah, for Scrooge, I had a couple, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah, we even made a stretch that it's, further. It's really. it's just one of those it's one of those liquors that y- you invest in it and it lasts. You know. So yeah. that said, we've had our first sip. Maybe we should call this segment the first sip. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna like, we're gonna start like the doing first that. Take first sip. First sip. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Mm. So let me, because I was unprepared apparently. Mm. <laughs> Grab my notes here. Now y'all can see behind the curtain. <laughs> Get to our background stuff before we start talking real shit. So, uh, Three Ten to Yuma came out in two thousand seven, and it was directed by James Mangold, who most recently you'll recognize his name as the director of Logan. Mm-hmm. Also, another movie with a little bit of a, a western spin to it, kind of. Um, it's a an adaptation of a 1953 uh, novelette or short story by uh, Elmore Leonard. Novelette, he was, that's a word. Mm-hmm. All right, I like it. Yeah, it's it. So books are broken down like by page number, quite yeah, quite yeah. literally. I've never heard that yeah. term before. That's so great. it's like it's it's so those, those those dime novels that that were around in the western times, we would call them like novelettes or word. Yeah. Sorry. To <laughs> no, you're good. I'm learning good. here, bud. Yeah, yeah. So Elmore Leonard was known for his westerns. Like he was a big western writer. Um, a lot of his books have been adapted into film, mostly during like the John Wayne era. But we do still, from time to time, see him now, um, like Three Ten to Yuma. Um, it's also a remake, and the original was made in 1957. So this came out 50 years exactly after the original. The Cinematography was done by Feden uh, Pompermichael. He's not someone that I, I recognized. Feden Pompernickel? Feden Pompermichael. Feeding Pompernickel. I should have looked into where he was from. He loved bread. Um, <laughs> but he, he's apparently worked with Mangold on, on a few projects. Uh, like before this, he had worked on Identity and Walk the Line. And then immediately after, uh, Night and Day, that I think a Tom Cruise movie. And then he was a cinematographer for... Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which Mangold did uh, a year or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the budget for this movie was fifty million dollars, give or take. Um, yeah. Some some estimates have it at forty eight mil, some at fifty five, uh, and it didn't do all that great at the box office. It only brought back about uh, just over seventy one million. Really? Yeah. Like brought back clear profit, or that's what that's total. Talking? That's total box office. Oh shit! With with big names, which we'll right. get into. I mean, that we have in this. Yeah, movie. you would expect a movie like this to clear hundred. I wonder mil. when when about it came as far as what other what other. It came out the same year out? as uh, shit. There were there were two other big westerns that came out that oh, year. Oh really? So they moved up. Part of the reason it didn't get a huge marketing campaign was so that it wouldn't compete with those other westerns that were coming out in. October, I think they moved the release date up to September, so they missed the Toronto Film Festival. They couldn't submit. Missed the bus. Missed the train. Yeah. Missed the three ten. So they they missed a yeah. They missed the three ten. <laughs> Jesus, well that sucks. I mean, hopefully they did better on DVD. I mean, it's too, it's it's a movie that deserves. To it's do a good better. flick. I yeah. like this flick a lot. I yeah, mean, it's 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 up there with some of my my favorite westerns. I yeah. We will talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, last thing I got here is. Uh, so Shasta, you like to talk about sets and on-site uh, uh, filming. So seventy-five percent of this film was was done on a ranch. They they bought a two million dollar ranch and they built sets and they did three quarters of the film there. And homie was just trying to get two hundred bucks to like pay off his lap fee. <laughs> <laughs> his lap fee, <laughs> his vendor fee. 
<laughs> We're gonna launch this fucking fluke. <laughs> All right, well that's interesting. So they just purchased that a bunch puts of things land. into perspective. Was it so sure. the movie movie's placed in Arizona? Is it mm-hmm. recorded in Arizona? It was filmed in uh, New Mexico. Okay, so close enough. Baby brother, you know the yeah the uh, the landscape is real real similar. Yeah. Um, they probably went with uh, New Mexico for tax reasons. Yeah. Um, because population density maybe I don't know who knows. Well, yeah, and then they, they there may have been just a deal on that land right. in New Mexico. Because, um, like I said, it's a two it's a two million dollar ranch that they outright bought, and then they they got an extra like an extra permit from the from the studio to keep the sets up for ninety days, uh, mm. so that they were able to, to either build. do reshoots or sell it off to another movie. Hmm. So they just had man those grip guys man building building all those wooden wooden houses bars saloons it was, hey, was a good amount of small architecture it's a in very there. realistic looking town it was large it, does, it, 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 it doesn't large. look like plywood yeah. painted over mm. it was, was real it? no i mean <laughs> with this budget they were probably able to basically build yeah. a town right. like those those buildings were empty mm-hmm. but yeah so like the whole last shootout scene like mm-hmm. that was all a big set it was a big set yeah, yeah. that's I mean, it wasn't in an in-studio set, which there's there is a big difference. Like you can tell with a lot of these like in-studio sets. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that's a spaghetti western uh, like tradition, uh, which this does kind of go back to in kind of the same vein as Unforgiven, um, where they would they would build these small towns and then just use them for five six Multiple, movies, yeah. yeah, to get their money back. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's all I have on the background. Uh, GT, yeah, you got cast. I got some cast. I mean, there's a lot of gun gunmen and stuff like that. So we're gonna go through the big ones. Christian mm-hmm. Bale as uh, Dan Evans. Um, you know him from like American Psycho, Batman. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe as Ben Wade. Um, did a great performance in my opinion on this Phenomenal. character. Um, Gladiator, American Gangsters, Ben Foster, which um, I've come to really enjoy his performances in a I lot of different ben movies. Foster. Um, Alpha Dog was a big one he was in. Um, he was the night. yeah he was in the Punisher. That was the first oh, place okay. I saw him. Okay, he was he was one of the neighbors, oh, the kid with all the piercings. You're all right. Huh? Yeah, he just, he's like, I didn't tell him nothing. In, he's what got else those, was he? He was in a Bruce Willis movie like mid two thousand Hostage or somewhere. Like that sounds like, right. That uh, sounds right. He, had, like, he was he had yeah. long hair in that. But yeah, it could be. He's, in he's that evil dude. He's got that. You hate him as like the character, but you love him. Yeah, he does fall into those two roles where he's either. Uh, the the really sympathetic sidekick, or he's just the fucking asshole. He's got of the that group. like psycho look to him. You know what I mean? Like he's Some he eyes. easily it's eyes and like his I don't know if his jaw structure, the way he just like kind of moles it on his. He almost does like that <laughs> that yeah the the chin like the. I love his gunslinging stuff. And anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on. We got Peter Fonda. Josh, Josh moves away from the pop to give, to give the, the demonstration. <laughs> like I said, Peter Fonda. You know him as Easy Rider. You know before that was the trip. He's our mm-hmm. our '60s stoner guy coming back as Byron Mc McElroy. I'm sorry. Um, Logan Lerman was as William Evans. Um, Percy Jackson. Percy. <laughs> Percy. Um, we had Gretchen Mole or Mall, whatever you want to call her, as Alice Evans, um, Russell mm-hmm. Crowe's wife. Um, she's been in a yeah, and she's awesome. She's been in like. Boardwalk Empire, Rounders. She's a mm-hmm. she's beautiful, beautiful chick. Yeah. Um. She held it. Her, she held down her small part too. I would uh, say so. Alan uh, Tudik. 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 
Tudyuk, Tudyuk. Um, as Doc Potter, um, another one of those guys that you've seen, like that you love. In everything, you know, yeah. like Knight's Tale, Dodgeball. Yep. Um, he was like the crazy pirate in Dodgeball. <laughs> uh, Wash oh, and Firefly, oh, yeah. Tucker, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. We're gonna watch that movie this right. year. Yeah, yeah right, that is right. a phenomenal film. Um, Luke Wilson was the only person I kind of thought was out of place a little bit because I'm totally, you, yeah, you know, because he, he had yeah. that grungy, ugly teeth and stuff. And you're I was ready like, to see Frank the Tank come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say so old school like Royal Tannenbaums. I mean, like he's. Mm-hmm. He's, he didn't seem to fit this movie too well, but it's not my, my thing. If his, that's their only slip-up. Zeke. Know. Um, Kevin Durant. I only bring him up because he's that cocksucker that like is taunting um, Ben Wade through this whole movie, you know, singing him his Irish little mm-hmm. uh, thing, and he's just waiting. Getting his, we'll get into that He's shit. another one that always plays he that plays role. He's the same guy, and he's yeah. always a prick. He's always a fucking prick. And he's, I think he was in like Legion. Legion, uh, Walking Tall. Yeah, yeah. Walking he tall. was the blob oh, yeah. in the Wolverine movie we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and the only person else I'm going to talk about is Dallas Roberts um, as Grayson, Grayson Butterfield. He mm-hmm. was a he had a larger role in this movie. Um, he was kind of the what is Southern Pacific Railroad kind of. I don't, he was the representative. Yeah, yeah, making sure everything went right with this guy because because Ben Wade has, has stolen upwards of. Was it twenty two robberies? Yeah, for but, like yeah. $600, but all those but all those dudes did was steal too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and you exactly. know they were using using the railroad to their advantage yeah. too. Well, they make a point. Well, you know what? We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to interrupt you. That's your all cast. I got. That's all okay. I got. Um. So. Much like Russell Crowe pulling out the hand of God, we're gonna do this fast. Mm-hmm. Pulling out. Here's my. <laughs> Ding dong! Here's fast. This was nice. Here is your speed summary. Batman got his leg blown off in the Civil War, and now he's a father of two boys and a husband to a wife. And Russell Crowe comes in, not the husband to a murdered wife or father to a murdered son, but rather a train robber and a stagecoach robber. And while Batman is out trying to find his lost herd of cows Russell Crowe kills a whole bunch of people and steals a bunch of money and a Gatling gun and a, and a or g- they had one on there. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if he stole the Gatling gun no, I think um, so uh, rather than killing the Pinkerton that was on the stagecoach that they robbed he shot him and left him for dead and uh, Christian Bale kind of sweet talks his way out of uh, getting murdered by the gang takes the Pinkerton back to town and the Pinkerton meets up with the representative from the railroad and they put together a posse. They, with I Batman's help, they <laughs> capture <laughs> Russell Crowe. Uh, and they decide they're going to take him down to, uh, what's the name of the town? Con- South Park. South Park, right. <laughs> take him down to South Park. I'm meet some friends. I don't remember. They take him down to South uh, Park. Contagion. Um And they're going to yeah. throw him on the 310 to Yuma. Roll credits. Um, <laughs> and uh, Batman needs the money. And he needs the reputation boost. So he agrees to go along. And over the next couple of days, all of the guys that go with them are murdered by Russell Crowe's team, specifically by Ben Foster in most cases, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. using them sh- them Schofields. You know what? I love the action play because he's got the reverse uh, holster oh, the going reverse, on. Yeah. I, I love that shit, man. He's a <laughs> ultra badass in every sense of the way. Sorry, I'm cutting you no, off No, you're again. good. You're good. <laughs> And uh, totally it all, it all culminates in, uh, in a final shootout where Batman is given the opportunity to walk away, but he decides his reputation and the money for his family and how his boys think about him is more important. Uh, he, he melts Russell Crowe's icy heart 
And together, they fight his, his posse. They race off to the train. Uh, Batman is shot to death. Uh, and then, in a fit of rage, Russell Crowe pulls out the hand of God and shoots all of his team, gets on the train, puts himself in the, in the cell, and he takes the 310 to Yuma. There's a tearjerker, like a motherfucker at the end. <laughs> that is, oh my God. You're getting fast. This. He's fast. He's so fast. He's so fast. Well, when you you had a point where it's like when I'm when I'm not hitting bullet points and I'm just freewheeling it, I am a little bit quicker. So. <laughs> you started calling Christian Bale Batman. No matter what, no matter what, melts melts uh, Ben Wade's icy hearts. Now he's Iceman. Well, I mean, he kind of does. <laughs> I mean, bring it back to Batman. He, he kind of like tricks him at the end, like three times in a row. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. They they have a couple of the you know what, let's let's talk about the the ethos of of this this film because this is a very emotional western, um, and and it's especially in that last act because the entire third act is they get to town they're surrounded and they have this giant gunfight and th- peppered heavily through that through that act. You have conversations with Christian Bale's son, with Percy Jackson, um, where he's like, I want you to go home. I'll be a day behind you. And if I'm not, I need you to take care of your mother and your brother. And then there's conversations with Russell Crowe, where he's like, go home, cowboy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, ra- the railroads, like you said, the railroad's stealing. Yeah. I only killed because I had to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, am I really such a? The whole movie is based on Christian Bale's like getting fucked, crybaby attitude. You know what I mean? He had to make up lies to his son to make to make them feel like he was the man that he should mm-hmm. be. You know, he's poor. They they're robbing from him. They're burning down his 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 barn. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. He has no way out. His like he, one of the quotes that sticks out in my head is um, when he's leaving. When they have. Um, uh, ben Wade in the house, and he's talking to his wife, and he says, "I hate the way my sons look at me. I hate the way you don't." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa!" You know what I mean? Because yeah. she like it strikes her too. Like, yeah, I guess I do think of you as a fucking pussy. You know? Mm-hmm. So he's like doing it for his manhood. He's trying to get his his sack back and mm-hmm. and and try to, you know. I mean, dudes out up. there ranching in a drought with one leg. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, yeah. yeah. no one can give well, me a break. And the only reason they live there is because his youngest son has a condition yeah. where he needs the I dry think tuberculosis. Air. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that he would die, and then mm-hmm. he he wouldn't he wasn't paying he wasn't paying his property tax or whatever the hell it was to mm-hmm. the big the big city guys because oh, and then he was he's getting robbed on medication by, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So he's doing his best. You know what I mean? He's not going to pay somebody. And let his son die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, I, I don't know. It really. He is a good man. The. <clears throat> it's just his his reputation, is what haunts him because he knows he's doing everything he can to take care of his family, and he carries the load of everyone's opinion of him. Like he says at one point, he he goes, they couldn't think any lower of me. Of no. course, their opinion of me won't change. So. Just he 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 bears that load. And he still goes in day after day and takes care of his family, but he wants to be a hero to his boys. Like, I felt that more than I did, you know, this came out when I was 16. And I remember watching this with my dad, and it was, yeah, it was emotional. But now as a father, Mm -hmm. 
this hits me a lot yeah. heavier than it did. Yeah. And, and sure, that kind of colors my opinion. Too, as well, but I mean, your dad passed, you mm-hmm. know, so that also hits, I'm sure, a little bit harder than than other schemes, you know? Well, and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, my father did pass away trying to get a criminal on a train. So there's a little bit more <laughs> yeah. of a tie-in, yeah. you know? Um, it's just it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's... You were you were hinting at it a little bit earlier, but I think this might be, this might be the best western ever made. Um, it's a really tough call for me. Like it's definitely up there with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. in general, not even I agree. just westerns. One of my that favorites. is. I mean, I love Robert Redford to the fullest. Yeah. Honestly, it's yeah. kind of weird, <laughs> but um, I yeah. put I put Butch Cassidy. Not much higher than this one, mm-hmm. but definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. The next I agree. Level. That's totally fair. Yeah. Like it, it, the fact that this movie is in that conversation is a big fucking oh, deal. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Because this is like the critics even came out and uh, one of them was like, "This isn't just a remake. This is a revival of a dead and overused genre." Yeah. That and I never bre- saw the original. new life into it. So I'm pumped to watch the original to kind of see what. What they draw f- drew from and 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 some of, some of the you know the character um, yeah so ties from what I was reading and we will we will get into this in movie versus movie when we get around to doing that project, um, but the original three ten to Yuma, and even more so the the novelette the short story, um, it's it's shorter like I I think the the original is like a hundred nine minutes and this is just two, over two, two hours. Yeah. Um, so there's a half hour more of, or you know, 109 minutes. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So there's 20 more minutes of, uh, of, of character development. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the short story is just like, uh, Elmore Leonard, like he was, he was known for that. He mm-hmm. was known for those short stories. Like, uh, you guys remember the show Justified? Yeah. yeah. That was based on one of his short stories called Fire in the Hole. He okay. would just write okay. these these character essays essentially mm-hmm. in story form. And he would he would flesh out so specifically a character's traits and personality that it was almost cinematic. And which I is think why this is exactly what's is... happening in this movie. Um, oh, definitely. You know, like I, I to fit in the amount of character analysis and growth into into probably 3 Maybe four characters. I mean, you're talking uh, Russell Crowe's character, um, obviously Christian Bale, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Foster even, and yeah. then um, the son. Um, I feel like th- they were able to get a lot across um, in a yeah. short amount of time. I mean, just the transformation from Ben Wade. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> he is, he says, like, you know, I can't be, whatever he said, paraphrasing, I can't be a pussycat and lead these this type of crew. You know what I mean? Because they're, yeah. they're animals. They're yeah. ruthless gunslingers who don't give a fuck and they mm-hmm. laugh while they kill. Well, I know um, there's good in you. Yeah, Another I know, right? And then yeah. you know, it's yeah. just that, and like how he keeps letting uh, letting little things happen, mm-hmm. and little 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 slips, little sly remarks that he's opening up little by little. It's it, I think it was a big father son thing because it was mm-hmm. mentioned before that his his dad was a drunk who lost his life to a shot of whiskey. Shot of whiskey, mm-hmm. and his mom was a whore, and she left him At with the a Bible train station. station. With yeah. the Bible and said, and he took him three days. So he I read the Bible for three days, yeah. and it's like that, that kind of shit. That kind of shit. It's like he's like the ultimate bad guy mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. sense where it's like like training day or games mm-hmm. in new york with denzel or daniel day lewis they're like the they're like evil like mm-hmm. super evil but they're like you're almost ruined for them you know yeah. what i mean because they have that soft yeah, side see, but i at, i do at, agree with you but at this yeah. one he he lives at the end and gets mm-hmm. away and calls his horse and it's yeah. like 
And I think roles were kind of reversed there. I mean, they, a term that sticks out a lot in this one is uh, there's no atheists in foxholes. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that kind of uh, Christian Bale's character said towards the end, too, was, um, you know, God, I, I've waited for three years on God, do me a favor. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm done waiting kind of thing. Yeah. And you have this this ultra badass Ben Wade who's like still preaching proverb after proverb, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, letting stuff slip. And he, it seems like Christian Bale didn't find, like his his God was himself almost. Like he, he turned that into... Mm-hmm. His, he, he took on uh, on the God role in this film. You know what I mean? And yeah. When you think, especially how um, it was set up with um, Russell Crowe, he seemed to have the God complex. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to shoot a man in the back that you would admire. You know, I, it, it, the roles were reversed a little bit, and I really kind of thought that was a cool play. Um, See, that was done well. It's and this that ties a little bit into into Shasti's point as well, because like these characters are more than what they appear. Because at first blush, Christian Bale is the good guy. And Russell Crowe is the sympathetic bad guy. But they are dropping, they are sowing fucking seeds yeah, in the beginning. Seriously. So, you know, you've got... And the rains uh, come in. The, the, scene, <laughs> the scene in the bar right after they've, they've lost their first, uh, like the, 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 pot, or the crew has, lo- has, has lost one I of their love, members. I love how that whole scene is shot, too. Like, yeah. That's yeah. so All good. All those close shots. Yeah. Um, and he... he, he Drops a line, I think, from Proverbs. I think everything he talked about was Proverbs. And then he he does a shot, and he goes, "He was slow, he was weak, and now he's dead." Mm-hmm. So he's he's always juggling his dual, his duality, his own duality. Yeah. You know, so you you couple that with Christian Bale, who at first glance is a weak man, but is really the strongest man. Mm-hmm. And the only person who can rival him is fucking Russell Crowe. Mm. So it's a very subtle clash of titans here. Where subtle hidden strength versus subtle strength go head to head. And everybody who brandishes a gun loses against mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like and it's 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 funny that they didn't drop this this line, but there's 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 a a, a line from scripture where it's like, no weapon formed against me shall, shall, uh, something. But anyway, it's like nothing will work against me. And these guys are untouchable. Yeah. They get shot, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. because of their strength of will and their inner strength. They, they do survive and they're almost mirrored characters in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I mean, they're both struggling with something. It seems like as, as Russell Crowe goes, he's okay with it, and same with Christian Bale. Like, he's okay with it as long as his family's taken care of. That's number yeah. one for him. And I don't know. I don't know. It's it. It's definitely a struggle, and you, you feel it at the end, big time. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I welled up a little bit there, but uh, you know, it's a. It's a, like I said. You said father son thing. You know, it's said earned. Mother. Yeah, that's the important thing. Is it's earned. There's so many films, you know, from in the last 20 years that they try to manufacture these emotions, and like you see it a lot with Pixar. <laughs> yeah. You know where where Pixar will put you in positions where you you know you're supposed to feel a certain way, so you do. Whereas this movie, you take that journey with the posse on their way to the train station, and when you arrive, you are emotionally invested in all of these characters. So when one of them goes down, you're like, "Fuck, that's the only one I wanted to yeah. survive." Yep. Like it's yep. earned. They fought for it, and they get that reaction out of me, and it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of huge gunfights, and we can go back to what Shasta was talking about with the scenes and, and the and the guns slinging fights and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
that final scene where he puts a bullet in in, in uh, his his buddy uh, in Ben uh, Foster's uh, ben Fo- Charlie yeah. Prince's it, Charlie Art. Prince. He Maybe you heard of me because I mean he Charlie Prince is as they're as they're doing this whole thing where you know he's kind of going along with the train thing. He's been shot. He knows he can get away from him. He's mm-hmm. doing jumps over things that he shouldn't be. He all he has to do is stop, but he keeps going. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Prince sees this. He's just kind of uh, what's the word hunting or you know just mm-hmm. kind of looking to see what's going on. And he sees this kind of thing going on. And so at that final scene <clears throat> when he gives him his gun back mm-hmm. um, and he turns around and he says something. Uh, boss yep and, and then, he doesn't hear a damn thing he knows he you kind of hear that like like jerk reaction like oh fuck yeah. and then you know he's the fastest card in the west kind of mm-hmm. thing so bang 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 done yeah all six bullets that's, that's like <laughs> yeah. the only movie we've covered where it was like the exact amount of bullets mm-hmm. in the Close, revolver yeah. or clip that yeah, yeah. Yep. and then he leans in on him and just you know he knows what he did he for pulls him. one of them Schofields out yep. killed by your Man, own that's hand that's a fucking beaut <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, charlie prince Dear God, the the. I expect the, you heard me. <laughs> I expect, I expect you heard me. That's good. He's, we get so much character development out of him. Even yeah. he doesn't have an arc. He's just out yeah. for revenge. Like his life is nothing without the boss. And I wish I knew why that was because he, he alludes to that a few times. Like mm-hmm. what he's, what, you know, what he's done for us. Yeah. Don't forget what he's done for us. And he, you know, they kill their horses to go back 80 miles and backtrack mm-hmm. and stuff just for this one guy. So he must have done something substantial or it's just the money thing to him. But I don't think that because Charlie Prince is not that way. Yeah. He, he, something hit him personally. Well, it, it sounds it's like... the only thing missing from this I, plot that I'm... I really of, like the mystery of that, though. Okay. Because we're talking about a, a, a dusty crew that rolls into town. They got history. But you don't, you don't need the backstory. You don't need that prequel movie. Just yeah. these subtle lines where it's like, all right, this... This is how you do screenwriting right. Because if you make this a novel, you do flesh out those stories. You have them sitting yeah. around a campfire going, you remember that time where you know, we, were, we were holed up and Ben came in guns blazing and he yeah, broke yeah. us out? In this movie, you have two, three moments where he's like, remember what he did for us. Mm. You know who he is and how, he, how he's treated us. And we've only got but two rules in this outfit. Yeah. I know Charlie told you. Mm-hmm. You live by those rules, you live. And there is campfire talks, you know, mm-hmm. and it, the campfire talks are mainly telling people to shut up. You know, every every <laughs> time like, they're trying to go through, stop talking, just stop talking, just stop talking, because, you know, they're, they're, they're all eking away. Hey, but he's still charming egos. them, even when yeah. they're on, like, sleep duty and watch duty. Dude, I love that he's... part where he fucking, he took, I, I saw the fork go into his seat. Yeah, you, you, know, you wanted that guy to die yeah. since the first oh, scene. Yeah. I, I saw him slip that thing on when he's, when he's, when he's sweet-talking his wife about the green eyes and stuff like that, yeah. and I saw him put it in there. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, it's like, it, from, and then he just, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I had to go. From that camera shot, it's Dan Evans waking up. It's Batman, sorry, it's Batman waking up, but it's like his eyes opening, and it's, I got subtitles on when I'm watching it, so you you're choking. Yeah. From, oh, yeah, just gurgling, you know, yeah, just yeah. choking. Yeah, just head. stabbing him with his dinner fork Quiet. that he got from his house. Well, that's a that's a great scene to kind of talk about one of the other side characters of uh, Peter Fonda, McElroy. Yeah. So McElroy, in my opinion, is the real villain of the story. He is the most evil person in this whole yeah. movie. Yeah. Because he has no loyalty to anybody except, or anything except revenge. He's out. He's out to get... He, he's out to get Russell Crowe, and that's yeah. all he's out to do. And then he gets called out, too, about, like, he's preaching, because he's a big-time, uh, you know, Bible-banger kind of guy, mm-hmm. right? And he's talking about this and this, that, and the other, and, and Russell Crowe calls him out. Like, he seems pious, but... Killed uh, more men he, than I have. He, 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 he was, they mowed down a group group of 30, mm-hmm. 30 Yeah, Apache and he was just tying in with kids. the railroad dude. So it's really like, like, Ben was just robbing a... a, a 
a worse guy than him. Well, you know he was a I mean? he was a Pinkerton. Yeah, he's so a like, Pinkerton. Exactly. not only is he attached to the railroad, his only job is to kill thieves. More than Pinkerton. So I was kind of confused by the. Is Pinkerton just kind of a bounty hunter? Is that what it? So Pinkertons is? were like, they were like uh, the FBI slash Secret Service for the railroads. They're was it the Pinkertons that eventually took out uh, the mob? I think so. I, I think I the know. Pinkertons eventually transitioned into something that was more uh, government-based, and they became like, I think they were the Untouchables. Hmm. They were, they were fucking ruthless, yeah. especially in the West. That's what they, I'm saying. They were, they were strong-arming Dan, you know what I mean, since the beginning yeah. of the movie. The guy we just yeah. talked about, him getting stabbed in the throat while he was sleeping. It's like mm-hmm. He burned down... His his stable in the mm-hmm. beginning of it. It's yeah, or Tucker we should right Tucker. And then they get him. You know they're getting him to. All right, can, can we talk about the initial setup, like the the trap when they yeah. pretended like the wheel broke on the yeah. carriage that they were taking Ben in. The and the 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 swap the swap the, the magic trick. So Kansas City Shuffle. So they just like threw their dude into the yeah. wild <laughs> into a locked. Into a lock. Yeah, he didn't know what the fuck was no, going on. They didn't happen. even send like watch on him. Like it <laughs> no, was. Just we just there. had we just had uh, Ben Foster, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Prince watching one guy and then calling the rest of the crew in. But it's like you think you, that that they would send some backup. With there's that. a there's a line. They got cocky. There is a line because uh, Batman brings that up. He goes, or not? No, he he explains it because they're like uh, the wife says, "Don't you think they'll catch him and figure out what's going on?" Yeah. And, and Batman goes, no, it'll it'll take him a day to go get the crew, and by then he'll be at the fort. They won't take on the fort. Mm-hmm. They won't take on the entire regiment. Yeah, yeah. Lo and behold, they got the fastest fucking horses in the Pony Express. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they didn't make up some ground quick. I didn't expect for for them to look over the wild blue yonder and see those guys coming up. I was like, what? These guys covered eighty miles. I guess they're walking at a. Well, they got fresh horses. Remember? Yeah, that's true. They bought. They the only thing they purchased in the whole goddamn film is horses. <laughs> <laughs> there is. So I harp on dialogue a lot. There's one line that bothered me, and cutting these cutting these these clips with Shasti today, it I had to watch it like five times, because it's after. I, I I don't think I gave you that part because I cut it out. Because I didn't want to hear it again. <laughs> gosh, gosh. I was like, me up, man. Let's do it. So it's after, it's after the Charlie Prince part where he goes, I assume you heard of me. And then McIlroy's like, yeah, you were a 10-penny whore. Um, and then uh, Ben Wade comes up and he, he goes, I, f- I forget what Fonda's name is. But he goes, whatever. Byron. Byron. Yeah, Byron. Yeah. Fancy meeting you here, whatever. And then he goes... Go to hell, Ben Wade. Ben Wade, go to hell. It's like the order of these words is wrong. I didn't need to know his whole name yet. Yeah, I just call yeah. him Ben. I yeah. love how they let Peter find it too when he just Wade. shot in the stomach. They totally just let him like not show any pain or emotion. Like, yeah, I've been shot in the stomach. <laughs> like the most painful way to die. Yeah, and they even pulled they a got bullet. The pig doctor. Like, <laughs> right. Pull bullet out of his gun. He's like, like any other actor, if you're directing, you're gonna be like, yo, like Ham it really up. show some emotion, yeah. like. Try to cry, like, wince a little bit, you know. Like, well, we're talking Peter Fonda. Yeah, I don't think he has any more emotion with the amount of LSD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you told him, if you told him, he's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Right. <clears throat> Peter Fonda's like, I got some notes on this script. <laughs> if I got shot, I wouldn't feel it. Not <laughs> Believe. I'd fall down. That's about it. That's about it. Give me another tab. 
Give me another tab. I'm having a flashback. <laughs> I, like how, I like how he has a doc, like what kind of doctor he is. And that's just like, I don't, normally don't get to have conversations with my patients. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which, the first few times I watched this movie, I didn't realize he was the pig doctor. I'm like, does he kill all his patients? <laughs> like, do they all die? I was like, is, it, is the bacon cured enough? <laughs> is this grass-fed pig? We don't need no dirty swine rolling through here. We don't want no gluten in this beer. <laughs> in this, this small town mead. Well, he saved the day, you know. I did. I did get a whole bunch of catharsis watching Ben throw him off the cliff. Right. Because he goes. He goes. I've always liked you, Byron. Problem is, you just never know when to shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> he yeeted his ass big time. <laughs> big time. It's so, I mean, that's what's so cool about his character, though, is, like, he's able to be that, like, he's, like, swooning ladies' man, apparently. Like, anybody with green eyes, like, you're basically soaking wet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, he goes from that to, like, this, like you said, uh, killer slash nice guy kind of thing. The way he's able to go back and forth from that, I I don't know. Russell Crowe's a G, you know? He does does great. And he's... he's (laughs) He does a great American accent. <laughs> Him and Christian Bale both. Yeah. Like one's Australian, one's British. Yeah. Yeah. And they do better they did better in this role than anybody I can think of. It's perfectly cast. Like, I don't know if you guys know this. Tom Cruise wanted to be in this movie. I'm glad he wasn't. Was he Me busy too. with like No, what? they flat out turned him down. Good. They flat out turned him down. I thought it was gonna be like what's that other movie with like he's the Chinese Last, Last Samurai. samurai. Last that samurai. Dope, dude. I know it is, but it's, that shit just catches me so wrong. It's like Last Samurai, played by this white guy. Well, like, Last Sa- <laughs> Last Samurai was like an an, an homage to uh, Dances with Wolves, which was an homage to another Japanese film. Yeah. So like, yeah. it kind of makes sense, but in this day and age, it's like maybe maybe change the script a little bit. <laughs> What's Jet Li doing these days? <laughs> Somebody, Tony Jaa. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, uh, who's who's the it man? Uh, Tony, that, Tony it, Ja, it, right? yeah, Tony Ja, the, the act- Muay Thai guy. Uh, no, in, no, no, it's uh, he was he was in uh, Rogue One. Um, Not sure, I can't remember. Well, we Johnny have... uh, Yin. Okay, mm, I think something's coming back to me there. Yeah, well, she. You've been great. Well, we're not talking about that. No, right? <laughs> we're not talking about Tom Cruise. However, that does that does bring us to a really good point where I get to tie this back to Star Wars again. Again? Again. So now we have Batman and Star Wars in the same. Batman and Star Wars. Uh, so uh, Star Wars is essentially a Western based on Japanese film. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. God damn it, I was so close. Thanks, Modem. <laughs> Shasti putting in work over here. <laughs> so, evil. Westerns, uh, especially during the spaghetti period, were very the much... Spaghetti period. Yeah, the spaghetti period. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Sergio Leone. He was, he was the, the uh, Man With No Name trilogy. Or the, yeah, Man With No Name trilogy. Um, kind of started that, that new style of, of spaghetti western. In they filmed them in Italy. That's why they called them. It might be derogatory. I don't know. Maybe. But um, yeah, they filmed them in Italy and had this really <laughs> over the top style. But all of his films were very much based on Japanese film style. So all those samurai movies influenced every western you saw outside of the the John Wayne era. 
Cool. Yeah. Just a little bit of bit of film history that's always tickled. Yeah, and I think that's perfect because this one is definitely in between that and the other. John we Wayne should have a spaghetti, spaghetti Western month. <laughs> Great. Or at least just yeah. hit it, hit it Maybe once next a summer. month or Maybe something. Maybe next or? summer we'll do like three in a row. Yeah. Maybe we'll do the, the Man With No Name trilogy next year. Back to back. Big bowl of spaghetti. Meatballs. <laughs> little sauce each. We'll all have to get dressed up for that one, though. In spaghetti costumes? Well, at least ponchos. Oh. Get ourselves some cigars. <laughs> Do some shots of marinara. <laughs> shots you of Sunday hit this ranch? gravy. <laughs> marinara and bourbon. Yeah. Red wine, dude. Bourbon. Oh, man. Cook it down. Y'all, down. y'all get me excited. It's got to be a nice Chianti. There's it's some something we've kind of been... Something we've kind of been dancing around with, with the tone of this film does tie back to that Japanese film style where there's almost a uh, a Taoist background here where it's all about uh, finding the finding the inner man, you know, finding the balance within. And, and Taoists don't kill. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. They let the bugs live. But, I mean, <laughs> there's... <laughs> so, again, Star Wars is... Yes. is, is, is it, it, you know, you, you take... Batman right. doesn't kill either. Batman? Batman kills all the time. He used to have guns. Didn't you just see my video? Oh, sorry. See what I did there, guys? See what I did there? He does that show with his bare hand. He does just laser beam you. They're just he snaps your neck. Look at him. All tuckered out. He takes people with mental disorders and puts them in jail forever. Well, not forever. He lets them out so he can beat them up again. Anyway. Rehabilitation. So, yeah, so, so he has violent rehabilitation. Um there's there's an element of balance to this movie, internal balance, and me- specifically seeking balance, which is which is what the Tao Te Ching is all about. That that's a very short book that's all about finding that level point, you know, where you're not too dark, not too light. Balance, enlightenment. Yeah, having an open circle, mm-hmm. you know, never never closing things off, and th- that's what both these men are seeking. Um, you know, Russell Crowe thinks he has it because he thinks he balances his his biblical background and his violent nature yeah but he doesn't and he recognizes that at the end and christian bale i mean bruce wayne uh he he wants balance because he knows he doesn't have it but he he thinks this is the only way he'll find it they're kind of yin and yang if you're gonna keep calling back the Japanese references. <laughs> in a way, a yin like... yin kind of thing. Yin-yang yin 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 kind yin of thing. I want to be If we're going to talk Taoism, like, yin and yang is more... Uh, it's more internal. It's uh, Two people can't necessarily be yin and yang for each other. It's more like sides of the same coin. We're talking about internal balance and stuff. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. and I, it, if I were to put myself in any religious spectrum, it would probably be Taoist. To You're the yin degree. to my yang. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Fonda was like the biggest Christian like out of anyone in that movie. Yeah. He was just yeah. the was a terrible person. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He was a terrible Going down person. three-year-olds. They had to tell him to stop. They had to pull him off of... Mm-hmm. He wasn't oh. trying to find salvation at any point. Yeah. No. You know no. what I mean? No. Not at all. Yeah. He knew it. He knew it. And I, I thought it was hilarious because like uh, during pulling... Pulling him off of Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. like Russell Crowe just smiling, like you old motherfucker. He's singing the song. Wound. He's like, you can't hit me hard enough, you piece of shit. <laughs> Hang me in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of catchy too. Yeah. <laughs> we talked guns a little bit ago. I just want to bring up the one, the one gun that was like hilarious. The 
Apache sharpshooter who had this yeah. like giant tube on another tube that shot bullets. And stuff. That's how they did it. I know it it's looked crazy. Awesome. It looked awesome. But he's like getting vantage points, like trying to mm-hmm. be. I thought that was kind of cool, but it, it looked ridiculous. But I, that's probably exactly what it would be. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what they used but to I do. But I mean, mm-hmm. it was like you see their their shot the, the Apaches had, and they it's pitch black. All they had mm-hmm. was a campfire, and you just see them crowding like around <laughs> around the only light source, right. and they're just whiffing shots because yeah. they're using this like you know. Yeah, you, think, you think they'd be smarter with the fire usage, but well, yeah, and, and they let they let Ben run up on them. You know, Ben pulled yeah. a hard flank, and I'm like, oh, she's going wide right. I'm like, he's kind of just beeline right. I'm like, how do they not see him? He's, like, he's looking up the cliff at him. Just yeah. yeah, there's a little. He's bit like, of that. there's three of them. Yeah, he had the double barrel. He, he yeah. gets two shots and he stabs the third one. It's like mm-hmm. that that. That's, that added up. When he took out his whole posse at the end, mm-hmm. the six guys with six bullets, that added up. Yeah. yeah. I, I will always appreciate like that. Absolutely. That I think Absolutely. the whole six guys and six shots, just to kind of close that part off, just because I think that they all saw him be weak to Christian Bale's character, mm-hmm. and they knew that he was kind of going along with it. And like he said before, he wasn't going to – he can't lead this crew if he's not a fucking yeah, maniac. Yeah. And so they saw him They saw him be weak. And so that's. I think that's the reason why he – pulled their card on on every one of them click 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 interesting that's where i that's what i got at the end of the movie is because he knew that he lost his respect there was reputation to his crew fair enough i can i can definitely see that what i take away from it is more ben is a different man now and like you you saying that definitely it absolutely lines up and mangold is is really good at giving these kinds of endings where you can kind of interpret it the way it speaks to you for me, it was it was as as much of a nihilist as I am. I was optimistic in this moment where it's like, oh, he wants to be a good person, mm-hmm. and he knows he's going to break out of jail. Yeah. So that, that horse call was like yeah. it was the icing on the cake because if, if it, it makes you ha- smile, it didn't. Ha- if you didn't have that, you wouldn't know if he would yeah. actually try to break out or this that and the other. But you you know by that scene that he's going to be getting off the train. That it's not poor even break horse. Out of jail. Okay, <laughs> so it has to follow the train the whole goddamn way. <laughs> Unless he I, breaks out of the train, how's he going to get out of the cell? Yeah, that's true. Although, I mean, it did seem like the two other guys that were in the cell with him knew who he was. Yeah, he got up out of his seat to give him his. And they were old. Well, they probably, now that I think about it, they probably saw the cross on his his gun. Mm. The hand, that's, people recognize his guns. It was the hand of God. What did they call it? The hand of God. Hand of God, yeah, right. That that little strike strike me moment, too, right before that whole thing goes, when, 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 uh, 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 Prince gives back his weapon. Mm -hmm. And he looks down at his hand and he sees. Yeah, the hand of, like he is the hand of God sitting in his hand. The crucifix was sitting right there. And it's funny going back to Owen Wilson's character. He's the only one who didn't realize. Yeah, you know, he's like, be yeah. careful, the gun's cursed. Yeah. Like, or maybe he did because they were they both recognized him right off the bat. True. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's why he kept it. Because like I got a I I thought it was a callback to. Uh, all right, digging through my nerddom again. Um, I thought it was a callback to uh, Wizarding Glass by by Stephen King because there's a group. Of uh, uh, like gunslingers, essentially, or, or low rent gunslingers, who they killed actual gunslingers because that's like a lineage thing, mm. and they took their guns and they they embossed like little coffins on the sides of their guns. They called themselves the little coffin hunters. Okay. So I thought it was a toss back yeah, to that common Stephen okay. King thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I was, a, it's I was waiting. I, you know, to bring that, I was waiting Rolling. for that to kind of be a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I thought that yeah, might have been Rolling. explained down the road, but you know, like you said, it's probably a callback somewhere. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's what I felt like that moment. Like Owen Wilson's character felt very little coffin hunter to me. Um, so it was it. You know, Mangold is he. He's a glorious nerd, so he he may have have had them write that that moment in. But 
I don't know. I could I could go on this movie for days. I want to correct you because I don't think it was Owen Wilson. It's Luke Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I was wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to keep ch- jiving on that part. But yeah, Luke Wilson. No, call me out. <laughs> Somebody has to. I'm the pretentious one. I had the whole character list on the wall, but it was like he was he was under the first like eight. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he, yeah, he's a. It's, I don't know that that scene is kind of weird where they kind of stumbles upon him and now they they hang mm-hmm. him up with uh, electro shock therapy. I guess is all you can say. I don't know. And, <laughs> And that pig, the pig guy's like that's inhumane. Whatever. I, I, with gonna, the with the detonator plunger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. But I, yeah. That's how I learned how those worked. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know it was essentially a flint wheel in there. Until, I didn't know either. Yeah. To this movie. Yeah. So I, that's. I mean, watching this with my so dad. Happened to have my dad. one right here. <laughs> <laughs> positive negative. Positive negative. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. That it, it is a strange scene, and it. it it is kind of a filler moment, but I don't know. It serves enough of a purpose. I mean, we're talking about the second act. I think Everything the only sags purpose in the middle. That it served is kind of giving a little bit more of a, a, a nod to the time frame mm-hmm. as far as being like, yeah, um, just with the with the mountains being blown up by mm-hmm. the Asian community and that, because it was huge. That was a huge yeah. thing. I think that was kind of the only service purpose it served is yeah, just, and it just gives like giving setting. It gives Percy Jackson a moment to see the world as it is. Oh yeah, he's, he's they grown up, with that one. Yeah, yeah, he's grown up reading these dime novels about the man they're escorting to jail, mm. and he's never left his his town, never left his ranch. And these are basically slaves. Yeah, I guess essentially, they are 100% slaves. Yeah. you know. And so he's locking eyes on. Oh, maybe my old man's not that bad. Maybe being yeah. a poor fucking kid, mm-hmm. hoping for rain, isn't as bad because I got a mother and father and yeah. a family that loves me, and my my dad's actually not a piece of shit. Yeah, it's this. He has a nice transition. He has a nice nice yeah. arc. Yeah, he does for sure. Yeah, I appreciated it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any, any, anything else on your mind? No, I don't think so. I mean, just that <clears throat> I think from front to back, this is a f- semi-flawless film. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I love the the camera work. The you talked about character arc. I mean, I I I drew four major changes in these characters, which is huge because movies don't do that mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, that was kind of what I took from it, and plus. You know, it's a it's it's a fun. It's not mm-hmm. fun, but I mean, it it's it's gunslinging. It's western. Yeah. You know, it's it's manly stuff. You know, which mm-hmm. is it sounds weird, but it's like I don't know. And it it addresses you know American gun worship in an interesting way. True, true. It true. doesn't condemn you know the use of guns, but it does make you think about you know these the when you know the white guy brought in you know the pistol. Somebody made a made a long range rifle, mm-hmm. and somebody made a long range rifle, and they brought it to war. Somebody made the Gatling gun, and it just it's this progression of increasingly damaging weapons all the way up to the atomic bomb mm-hmm. from this moment, yeah. you know. And I mean, I I found myself thinking about that a little bit during that Gatling gun yeah. scene. I'm like, God damn, can you imagine if they had many nukes? Mm-hmm, right, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. they'd have definitely yeah. brought them to the Civil War. Done. But yeah. for me, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, yeah, awesome flick. What about you? Yeah, I love it. Let's do uh, tacos. Tacos. Yeah, let's do tacos. So mm. the rating site that shall not be named gave this an 89 out of 100. So, Greg, I like starting with you. How many tacos out of 100 do you give this movie? Tacos. I should have wrote it down for this. You do so this is a good mix of crunchy and soft tacos, you know, because it's soft and hard on these play. Um, I'm going with, Ooh. I'm going with, I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go higher than I thought I was going to initially go. I think I'm going to go with uh, 86.4 tacos. Okay. Okay. 86 and a bite. 
Yeah. Josty? Yeah. Solid 85. 85? Yeah. Some of it was just like too not believable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's going to come in any, any movie, right? But westerns, like mm-hmm. old westerns, spaghetti era westerns, yeah. you know what I mean? Nitty gritty. It's like, it was more imaginative, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and we were seeing the progression of them, and I, it's it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very yeah. entertaining movie. Cool. I, give it, I give it a solid 85. Excellent. Solid. Excellent. You know, I, I've been thinking a little bit about my, my rating system. And, uh, You're going to lose the tacos? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I, I like the way I think about these movies. So I think I'm going to keep the, the movies that I rate 90 and above are the movies that I think are in the top 100 films ever made. Yeah. Okay. That said. That's kind of what I'm, yeah, okay. This movie gets a 91. Boom. All right, this is it. one of the greatest films ever made, in my Put opinion. Put it on it. Okay. And, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm, I like it. I like it. I mean, I, that's why I'm sitting mm-hmm. just below that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the top 50, but it is definitely in my top 100. Gotcha. And the only reason why I think <clears> I had to go a little bit lower than that is because I haven't seen the original. Mm-hmm. And it is a remake, technically, mm-hmm. so usually I don't put remakes ever on that list except for the one, Godfather mm-hmm. 2. But you said 91? 91. And you got 87? I think I said 80, 86. 86.4. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. 86. Rookie scores. <laughs> You're giving scores out of a thousand over here. <laughs> 864. And I get soft and hard shell, bitch. <laughs> That's what's up. Oh, man. Yeah. Phenomenal film. If you Agreed. haven't Agreed. seen it, go watch it right now. It is, uh, as of recording of this, it is free on Peacock. I know people are shitting on Peacock, but you can get it for free. Peacock, you don't have to pay for. Uh, ads, though. I just peacocked. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's how I watched, I watched it. it. Yeah, sure. I, I couldn't find it on DVD fast enough. But, uh, yeah, it's available on Peacock right now uh, for free if you'd like to watch it. Peacock is listening. And if Peacock, you'd like yeah. to talk more about you. NBC, if you'd, if, you'd, if you'd like to send some swag or some support our way, we won't deny you. Um, I won't deny you. That said, let's get into our final segment of plugs. So if you... If you enjoyed this podcast, if you're watching us on YouTube or on Twitch, uh, please do head on over to the Patreon. If you can financially support us, we would absolutely love it. Um, If you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll get early access to all of our episodes, exclusive episodes, and uh, you'll get news about the the upcoming projects before they come out. Uh, And on top of that, you can get some exclusive swag there. Um, There's there's merch that we we teamed up with Patreon to, to design, and it's got... It's gotten good reviews so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you can't support us financially, we totally understand. Uh, please do like, rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. Share, 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 share. Every interaction please. is a good interaction. So if you want to tell me how I need to get a new hat, uh, throw it in the comments. It helps us be more visible. That said, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. (laughs) Tell us about it. I wrote a book. It was published in 2019. Uh, It's called Reaper. It is a young adult fantasy novel. Uh, It is up there on the shelf somewhere, if you can see it. Um, It's the first in a series called The Gatekeepers. Uh, You can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere online. You buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. You can also find me on Twitter at the Price is Right 312 That's R-I-G-H-T because I am. <laughs> I'm pretty funny. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at the Forgetful Writer 312 Can you tell I'm from Chicago? Chicago. <laughs> there you'll find uh, 
set photos, spicy, spicy memes, and the occasional photo of my beautiful spicy son. Spicy memes. I'm going to throw it over to Fozman. Where Hello, can we find you? Uh, the Fozcaster on Twitter, but you can find me here in this garage now that we are live on camera, looking you guys in the eyes and your ears. So keep it coming, guys. We love the support. Um, Josh touched on our Patreons. We've had a lot of interaction with them. We had one on as a guest that you might be hearing on, on one of our future Fozcasts. I think we have another lined up. So we are listening. Um, please reach out. Talk to us. We talked at you. So... Let's let's go from there. Hey Greg, so we've got a YouTube channel now, right? I don't. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know the, more about it than I do. Well, I wanted to ask you. There's a there's a show you've been talking about doing recently. You want to tell me more oh, about that? Oh, you know, it's a it's it, it's kind of a culmination of all the things we've been doing. It's called. I think we're gonna go director's cut. Yeah, boy. Um, we're gonna talk about um, some of our favorite or not so favorite directors. Um, get into their thought process, their mm-hmm. way of doing things. Their, you know lineage through the their crafts. career you know um i'm pumped for that one because we don't have the uh, the <laughs> i almost said pump for snatch again <laughs> but i'm pumped to see where that goes because i have a lot to say and i know josh does mm-hmm. too on on some of the uh just the overall aspects and dynamic of directing it's yeah so yeah it's gonna be fun perk up your ears and now we throw it to our master of the mix, the king of the keyboard, Shasti himself. Where can we find you? You guys can find me at Twitter, always. Shasti got bands, B-A-N-D-Z. Otherwise, keep coming back because it's just... Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, to our audience and our beloved patrons, we see you, we hear you, we love you, and we would like to say goodbye. I think it's time for everybody to go home.